0: Welcome to Memorizing Scripture. I'm your host, Gordon, and this week we are wrapping up our memory verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I hope this week has been beneficial for you as well. Uh, I've learned a lot, and again, I've just researched a lot of different things and kind of leaned on the systematic theology, Wayne Grudem's uh, section of character of Scripture, and this is our fourth part this week on the character of Scripture, and more specifically, we're going to talk about the sufficiency of Scripture. And so, the sufficiency of Scripture, is Scripture enough? Do we need other writings or other teachings? Does the Bible have all the words needed for people throughout all of history for salvation, for trusting God perfectly, for obeying him perfectly? Yes or no? Yes. <clears throat> so if we go back to our memory verse and just back up a little bit in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 17, we'll just point out a couple things. And this one, the sufficiency of scripture, this, this whole part here, there was a lot of great information. I'm not even going to scratch the surface and and I would encourage you again to read some of that in the chapter of systematic theology or um, just research on what people have put out there. There's a lot of great a lot of great information out there but here we go we're going to jump in and 2 Timothy 3:14 it says but as for you continue in what you have learned and firmly believed knowing from what you knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. And then all all scripture is breathed out by God. Profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right. So all the good works, just even that last thing we just talked about. All the good works that God wants us to do are confirmed here that scripture is sufficient enough to equip us to do those good works. That's what he said, every good work. Not just some of the good works, not just the ones that, um, I don't know, but every single good work. But the question arises, not everything in the world is answered in the Bible. So how is it enough? Well, first off, we have to think about what the Bible offers and what it says in Scripture. So God says in Scripture that every single topic that he talks about, the answers there are truthful and is all that is needed. So when God speaks on Christ, on the atonement, on the Holy Spirit, those doctrines, or he talks about marriage or parenting or the government relationship to Christians, those things are clear and are sufficient in scripture. We don't need people, write Other people's writings to clear things up or to say, you know what? I like the way that that person wrote that about marriage. <clears throat> I don't, I'm not exactly sure if I understand what the Bible says, but this makes sense to me, so I'm going to follow this. And if other other writings were a part of this, it would be extremely overwhelming if we were to have, I don't know, a collection of 50 books that said, okay, you're going to need all these things to be sufficient to live and to learn about spiritual things. That would be extremely overwhelming. And the Bible's already big enough. That covers a lot of things. And I actually think it, you know, it, it, you know now that you read it more and you get to know it more, maybe it could have been bigger if God wanted it to be. But it's sufficient. It says all the things that God wants us to know. And in that, the Bible's perfect. Every single letter, every single thing that God said, is enough. But the example that I want to give is, okay, so in those main things, marriage, parenting, government relationships to Christians, speaks on Christ, the Holy Spirit, if all that is in there, what about other things? And the example I want to give is the order of worship in the church. God commands us to pray. He commands us to sing. He commands us to read the word. He commands us to fellowship and to meet. But there's not a direct order of what to do, when to do, how long to do it. And I think part of that is the gathering depends on the circumstances, because God knows throughout the world, people can gather at different times, doing different things for however long they want to do it. In America, we have the freedoms to gather almost daily with small groups, with things at the church on, you know, our Lord's Day on Sunday, and we can gather how we see fit. But there may be people in other countries, you know, say China or something where they don't have the same freedoms and maybe they have to meet less or throughout the week. Is It's not as frequent. They don't maybe even have a building. They don't, you know, I don't even know. But I know that there are different cultures with different freedoms. And it may look different than that of America because that's just how it is. And God knows that. And so that's just an example to know that, hey, there are some things that God's not going to clearly say because we don't need to like. Even for instance, like what we should have for lunch today. I mean, I guess God even (laughs) does talk about that. You can eat whatever you want. But um, my point is, I think you understand my point, that there are the the things that we need life for, the things that we're going to put our foundation on. And even if we learn nothing else, no other writings in the world are what we needed to find true life and a, a blessed life with God. And so those are the main moral and doctrinal questions. And God allows scripture to have those answers, and he wants us to find them in, in scripture. And so linking this to application, I wanted to give an application for the week. <clears throat> and more specifically connected to the sufficiency of scripture is that, again, God wants us, God wants to tell us everything in scripture. If we have a problem, if we have a need, if we need guidance, scripture is enough. And the more scripture we find, the more Scripture we use, the more answers we'll find, the more knowledgeable we'll be. And he wants us to use that. And again, we talked about this in the Clarity podcast a couple of days ago, that it may seem fuzzy a little bit, it may seem confusing, and it also maybe pretty clear, but some of that clarity is hard to swallow. When God says, go make disciples of all nations, it's like, "Oh my, I have to go make disciples, I have to meet people and teach them about God, well, that means I have to learn about God, That which means I have to open up the Word and I have to start there. So it is a process, but everything in scripture is sufficient for our guidance and for our problems and for our needs. And so God wants us to pursue that. And the next thing is we're not to add anything to scripture. So the flip side of that is we're not, we're not to add anything to scripture. Nothing, there is no writings in the world that are equal to scripture. And there are many religions that claim to be divine. Um, I even visited a church one time that had some scriptures on the wall, but they also had all you need is love the song lyric. And they quoted John Lennon <laughs> and it seemed a little silly, but a lot of people live their life like that and they don't understand the rest of scripture. And so they're, they're adding something to scripture, but in that case, they're probably taking away a lot of scripture too, because they're just focusing on all you need is love. And a lot of the writings out there that are trying to tell us how to live are probably also opposed to God's commands or doctrines. And one of the great things about the devil's false teaching, and I say great loosely, one of the most terrible things, I suppose, about the devil's teachings is that they're half true. If the devil was teaching 100% false things, Um, people would think that's probably pretty weird. Like if, you know, I don't even know what an example would be. But a lot of the false teaching that is brought up in the Bible and that also we experience today is because elements of it are true. And so it sounds right and it sounds maybe even biblical. But they're adding something to scripture. And whether they do it in speech or in writing, we are not to add things to scripture and that's why we must know it. And the third point with that is God does not require us to believe anything else but God that is not in Scripture. So, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Judas, they don't matter. We don't ever need to read those to live our Christian walkout. He doesn't require us to believe anything else about God that is not already in Scripture. And so we need to focus on that. And just like, I don't know if you've seen that movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks been a while since I've seen that movie, but that story comes out from a true story where they, the character in that story, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but he creates checks and he got arrested for that and put in jail, but then he also got taken out by the government to see counter fraud checks and help the government find false counter fraud checks. And how we do that when we know it's counterfeit we first have to know exactly what is the truth and that's what's stated in that movie and I think that applies to what what we should be doing with scripture we have to know first what is scripture what is the truth and then when we see a counterfeit we can more easily identify it because if we don't know what the truth is we can see one check and we can see another counterfeit check and they can look almost identical and we can take that counterfeit check thinking that it is real but it's false and so what is the worth of a counterfeit check nothing in fact if you apply that to money or like actual dollar bills you know that can get you in trouble because they don't know where it started from so anyway my point is we don't need to believe anything else and it can help us identify um, false Gospels and the last thing I want to give in this podcast is just the idea that there is no need for modern revelations. God has given us everything he wants to tell us in scripture Now, many people claim to be prophets today and even prophets today admit that they do it wrong. Uh, <laughs> they get it wrong, which is weird because in the old Testament, one of the qualifications for being a prophet is to get it 100% right. Otherwise it's the death penalty. They would kill you if you got it wrong. And so God takes his word very seriously. He wants his word to be a hundred percent right. And so if we're going to tell it, we need to be as accurate as possible. And so it's the word of God. We need to respect it. It's not the loosey goosey Bible. We're going to say whatever verses that we want to say that fits my thoughts. We want to read the word of God and try to explain it the best we can, especially to our, if we're a leader to our immediate church and what applies in the season that we're going through. But we don't need a modern revelation we shouldn't be seeking modern revelations that okay god told me to do this or god told me to do that and um scripture is sufficient in fact if you have a modern revelation and god is speaking to you then you need to consider what that looks like on a broader scale because if god is speaking to you um he's he would be speaking to the whole world just like in the bible which is broadcasted to the whole world so our final thought of the day is that if we view God as holy and righteous and perfect if we really believe that and the words he speaks throughout the Bible are holy and righteous and perfect then we need to treat the entire Bible in its entirety as holy righteous and perfect and if that's the case then we need to be eager and should be eager to find out what that is because that will affect our lives every single day And how we live and what we do. And so I hope this week was encouraging for you. And you learned a little bit about the character of scripture. I did. I learned a lot. And uh, again, there's plenty of resources out there. So as we wrap up this week, again, use note cards to help you. If you didn't memorize it this week, just keep going. We're going to do a review week here pretty soon of the scriptures we've already learned. Because again, repetition is important. We don't repeat it. We tend to forget it. Um, and so we're going, that'll, that'll be, I don't, I'm not exactly sure if it'll be next week or the week after that, but we're going to have a review week. And if you want to contact me, you can email me at idea mailbag at gmail.com idea mailbag at gmail.com and continue to like subscribe or comment rate review on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be podcasts. Uh, again, this is on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, Amazon audible, YouTube, and um, yeah, that should be enough for you to reach out to it. So let's go ahead and we're going to recite our memory verse one more time together, not repeating each line. So here we go in three, two, one. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right, fantastic job this week. Next week, we'll start another memory verse. That's right. We're not going to do a review next week, I don't think. (laughs) But until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ.